Welcome to the 359. I'm Alfred Ng. I'm Dan Ackerman. Did you get a robocall today? Did you know that it cost Americans at least $3 billion a year? That's according to the FCC, who's set to vote today on giving mobile phone companies more power to block robocalls. I mean, these things are incredibly frustrating. They, they spam your phone. They annoy you throughout the day. In March alone, there were 2.5 billion robocalls uh, the FCC found. The problem is there are a few legitimate robocalls that do happen. You know, your doctor's office reminding you you have an appointment today, your pharmacist saying, hey, you got to refill your medicine or you will die. Um, I mean, how often do you get these robocalls, though, and how often are those, like, the actually useful ones? Uh, you definitely get them more often than you... It's, it's like the modern equivalent of spam. For many years mm-hmm. in the early to mid-2000s, email was practically useless because it was all spam until we figured out effective blocking mechanisms, mm-hmm. and then the profit motive went out of it. Uh, right now, the profit motive is there in robocalls, and uh, until they come up with a way of removing that profit motive by blocking or filtering most of them, they're going to continue. Yeah, I found that, like, because of all these spam calls, I almost never pick up my phone anymore. Oh, like, yeah. Because they've done a really good uh, way, a trick where it's, um, they make the phone number look like it's from your like, yes, neighborhood yes. or something. It's like the first three digits are yours. And it's like, oh, maybe that's like somebody in my family. Nope. Another robot. Got him. Um, so yeah, this is actually the number one complaint from the FCC. They get like hundreds of thousands oh, of complaints sure. a year on this. Obviously, phone makers are taking action too. Apple announced at WWDC that there would be a new iOS 13 feature that sends uh, any unknown numbers straight to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of WWDC, Dan, yes. you just came back from it and had a hands-on with the Mac Pro. Oh, the Mac Pro. Everyone was waiting for this, obviously. They had the little, like, you know, everyone calls it the trash can Mac Pro mm-hmm. for the last six years, that big black cylinder. Um, the new one is, I, I found it uh, shockingly conservative and traditionalist in its approach, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but it goes back to being a tower, basically, uh, almost in a way inspired by uh, gaming desktops where you can take the side off, swap out any parts, tons of PCI slots. It's basically a big rectangular, um, a big rectangular tower um, desktop, which is not what it's been for the last six years. Now, does the Mac Pro grate all kinds of cheeses, or is it specific? It does better with a hard cheese, okay? okay? And if you have something softer, you're going to want to refrigerate it first to firm it up a little bit. Uh, but certainly something like a like a Gruyere or mm-hmm. like a, a Gouda if it's smoked, uh, then you can get some real good uh, shreds off it. And then the $1,000 stand, how <laughs> totally worth it, right? Uh, oh, my goodness. So they have the fancy new Pro Monitor also, which is actually you know a good-looking product, does not seem overpriced for what it is. It's intended for a very select audience. It's uh, five or six thousand dollars, depending on which version you get. Uh, but when you get the the pro monitor, it does not come with a stand or anything in the box. You got to buy the stand separately, and it's a nicely engineered special stand that you could turn the you know the screen sideways and put it in portrait mode and other stuff. It's 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 a thousand dollars, and let me tell you, even though we were in. Uh, the WWDC keynote, where most of the audience is Apple developers, real fanboy types. Um, when they said that, the temperature in the room dropped by about 35 degrees. Everyone just went, what? <laughs> uh, and then they were all back up a minute later with something else. But for, for a moment, uh, that was a chilly room. Was Do you think it's worth it? Like having seen it. Well, I don't know because they had a lot of Mac Pros and a lot of Mac Pro monitors and stands set up all over the place, but you could not touch them. You could not even touch the monitor or see how the stand worked. If you even reached out for it, some big dude would tackle you and go, like, yeah, do not touch that this monitor. Is $1,000, buddy. Get your hands <laughs> off of it. Uh, well, you know, while the Mac Pro is extremely powerful, Google is coming out and saying that you won't need a supercomputer to play the latest games. Uh, they'll be showing off Stadia and uh, its new cloud gaming platform later today. 
basically, if you're not familiar, it means you'll be able to play high-end games through through the cloud, and you won't need like it's, it's Netflix. It's server-side computing. The, yeah. the game is being played on a rack of uh, GPU stuffed servers somewhere, and it just basically beams the output to you mm-hmm. as you send your input through a controller, through the keyboard and mouse. Uh, I just did a panel last week in London at the Casual Connect conference on the future of cloud gaming, mm-hmm. and we talked about uh, Stadia and all the other versions of this that have been around for a long time, really. On Live was one of the first ones, and they went out of business. They were a little ahead of their time, but still uh, really impressive. Gaikai was another that Sony bought and turned into PlayStation Now, which is their version of it, which, again, kind of sort of works, but uh, I mean, do real. you see this as the actual future of Someday, game? yes, because okay. every future game console after, I said the last gen, the current generation Xbox One and PlayStation 4 were going to be the last generation of actual, like, hardware boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wrong. I was off, but I think this generation is going to be... Be the last one. Future ones are just going to be kind of like this, like a little like a Roku size mm-hmm. box that you plug into a TV, or it'll be built into a TV, and everything is going to be server side, just like no one downloads movies really anymore, except under special circumstances. Everything just streams. Same thing with the future of games. All right, that is more than the time that we had for today's show. Uh, if you, we went thanks, up to four oh five. Yes, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Alfred Ng and Dan Ackerman. 